Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Telling the Story podcast, a look at how journalists and all of us reach the world. I am Matt Pearl, author of the Telling the Story blog and reporter at NBC in Atlanta. It is a busy time in my life. Got my regular job, got the blog and podcast, and I'm co-hosting an event I want you all to attend. It's the first ever NPPA Southeast Storytelling Workshop this June 10th and 11th in Atlanta, Georgia. We are bringing in some of the best TV journalists in the country to present and speak on how they reach their viewers. There will be tips, critiques, best of photojournalism awards from the NPPA. We'll have Boyd Hooper, Chris Vanderveen, Scott Jensen, Mark Ginther, Kathleen Carnes, Brendan Keefe, Jed Gamber, Catherine Stewart, myself... This is a rare collection, even rarer to get all of these people together in the Southeast. So that is June 10th and 11th. You can register right now by going to the website, tellingthestoryblog.com, and clicking on the show notes for this very podcast. And from now until June, every two weeks, I'll be posting up a new podcast episode featuring one of the speakers at this workshop. This time around, I've got the guy who's going to be talking about writing he is an award-winning reporter for WLOS-TV in Asheville, North Carolina. John Lee, welcome to the Telling the Story podcast. Well, I'm, I'm so pumped up hearing your description of the uh, Southeast uh, Storytelling Workshop. It's going to be uh, the NPPA version of Justice League. Is that what I'm hearing? Like all of these uh, forces <laughs> gathering uh, with a common cause. Now, to refresh my memory, Justice League, is that the Batman, Superman, that's the DC Comics group, or is that Marvel? I don't want to get too geeked out, but I'm pretty sure that is the uh, basic premise there, yeah. Okay, very good. Just a taste of what you'll be hearing from John Lee in uh, in just a few weeks now at the NPPA Southeast Storytelling Workshop. And if you're listening here, you might be asking, uh, how do we know that this guy, John Lee, is such a great writer? Well, I know because nearly every year at the Southeast Regional Emmy Awards, this guy walks away with the award for best writer. John, you leave us squirming in our seats every year, but we are so glad you are coming down to Atlanta for this workshop. I'll ask you the question I'm asking every guest. What made you want to do it? Uh, well, you know, uh, I think my, my passion for broadcasting just goes way back, man. I was, uh, I was uh, you, know, uh, you know, kicking with the uh, Atari games back in the day, not to, you know, not to date myself too much, but I was like, I would like play sports video games. <laughs> And I would, like, try to call the games, you know. I wanted to be the next um, Ben Scully or something like that, uh, the old Dodgers announcer. And and, and so I, I, you know, started out wanting to be a play-by-play announcer uh, and then and then kind of, like, uh, discovered uh, Charles Kuralt at some point. I was like, man, this Charles Kuralt, you know, I, I had no idea I was going to be bald back then, but I thought he was really cool and I could be, like, the next <laughs> Charles Kuralt. Uh, before that, actually, to the, not to digress, I wanted to be the next, you know, the Asian Bob Costas. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that just, you know, wasn't quite in the cards for me, but Charles Corolla, I went sort of down that path and, uh, um, didn't really know what storytelling was at that point. I just knew he was, uh, doing something that, that I, I kind of could tap into. And, uh, at that point, um, you know, got into sort of uh, general news reporting, but always gravitated back to, you know, to the people stories, uh, which of course we all love. And uh, again, for those of you uh, scoring at home, that's references in the first two minutes to the Justice League, Atari, Vin Scully, and Charles Corral. Again, just a taste of what you're going to be getting from John Lee at the workshop. I mean, total geek, I would like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was, uh, you know, at least growing up, I was, a, you know, not until later in life did I have a brother. But yeah, I, as, a, as a younger kid, you know, uh, just, just uh, 
yeah, would play like, uh, you know, Atari baseball or something like that or television. And I would like, uh, yeah, you know, call the plays. Uh, <laughs> so ridiculously lame. But uh, and I, yeah, much more advanced now, though. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And and I can actually uh, relate to that. I used to do the same while playing. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just a few years younger than you, so I can at least claim to have done it with Tecmo Super Bowl and uh, Joe Montana's Sports Talk Football. So I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you with the whole theme. Oh, man, you, you have Tecmo Bowl. You know they have emulators now that you can actually download some <laughs> of those old games and, and play them, man. It's awesome. I'm trying to avoid those. Uh, and John, one thing that uh, I I did read about you that I hadn't known, and, and we've met a bunch of times, I consider us friends, and I did not know this the whole time. I read your bio earlier this evening, and it says you, quote, teamed up on community college news productions with Will Ferrell. Let me tell you this. Will Ferrell, and uh, I actually have an, an audio interview with him, uh, he... And I'm telling you, in his words, he, he attributes his comedy career to those early influences uh, back at a community college in Southern California. You know, he had uh, he, he had just gotten a sports information degree from USC, and uh, he realized that he had no idea what that meant, and, <laughs> and he didn't know what to do. He thought maybe he wanted to be a sportscaster. So um, at that point, I was kind of early in my college career, so, I, so we both – Ended up um, in this in this uh, uh, sort of public access news program, and uh, uh, from there, you know, there was this tall, lanky guy in the back that would occasionally make these ridiculously just punch you in the gut, funny comments, and uh, that was him. And so, actually, starting out, I really enjoyed, you know, trying to use humor uh, in stories. Uh, you know, this is before I really got my storytelling legs, so to speak. So, like in the public access uh, forum, I would do whole packages uh voicing them as howard cosell or something ridiculous like that i would just do goofy completely off the wall stuff and and he tapped into that and thought man you know i kind of like that and so then a couple times we did stories together like one time we were at the uh, orange county beauty pageant like just com completely making fun of the uh the uh, talent competition right because it was ridiculous <laughs> get girls you know with batons and lighting them on fire and and throwing them up, up into the air and almost hitting the ceiling and burning the place down. So we realized that, like, there was there was humor there. And, in fact, uh, uh, at one point we had to shoot a stand-up, and all the cameras uh, were already checked out. So uh, I, I went to my mom, and I asked to borrow her VHS uh, camera. And this is incredible. Got this whole stand-up. Uh, it, it just seemed to go on for, like, a minute and a half. But basically... Uh, it was us uh, in front of the uh, the um, you know uh, venue and 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 he's going off on this really dry wit about he, you know boy I just wish one of these girls would just even talk to me or spit on me or hit me and he just kept going on and on and on and it was really funny and that clip uh, believe it or not Matt has ended up uh, on all kinds of national uh, shows most recently I can recall people calling me about Inside Edition. Uh, ABC used to have a show called Before They Were Stars, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that little clip that my mother shot, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get any uh, royalties or anything for that. Um, mm. Somebody else has it, and uh, clearly they've been able to sell it, but that clip has ended up all over the place uh, uh, in different shows, so it's kind of interesting. So that's my that's incredible. claim to fame. And actually, I haven't talked to him in a little while, but you know... Uh, uh, years ago, uh, I used to actually do a, a sports talk show, and he came on for a good hour and 15 minutes and uh, did all the Harry Carey impersonations, all the stuff that he's known for. And uh, he actually, uh, uh, you know, called me out and said, you know, 
uh, that time really got me wanting to think about uh, stand-up comedy. And actually, um, he <laughs> only in Southern California, uh, I was there for his first gig. He actually took a basically a how-to-be-a-stand-up comedian class. And his final was at, at this club in uh, Huntington Beach, California. And, uh, and, and I remember him just like, uh, doing an operatic version of the Star Star Trek theme, like oh, oh, sorry for you, I, I uh, you know podcast uh, listeners, but it was so funny, and and I just like kind of was floored, like this dude's actually like he's stand up worthy uh, material, and uh, from there he did some like uh, you know um, sort of way off Broadway kind of stuff. He was the Invisible Man, uh, goofy stuff, and then ended up at the uh, Groundlings comedy troupe little did i realize that was like the minor leagues for the for snl right so that right. Uh, that eventually got him there so yeah it's you know a, a great uh, claim to fame that i do have that's in my bio there all right so again for those of you scoring at home come to the workshop and you will get the mentorship and guidance that once launched will ferrell into stardom that's what i just heard hey i you know I'll, okay we'll take that and uh <laughs> I even got to go see a show once. I met, you know, I'll, I'll drop all kinds of names for you. I, yeah, I went to a show, went to an after party. <laughs> I met, uh, you know, uh, Lisa Kudrow from Friends. I met Norm MacDonald, uh, all the cast members uh, from from that time period of the uh, mid-90s or so. And uh, it was a great experience. So anyway, I will hang on to that claim to fame, even if Will Ferrell will not read my calls. It's okay, Will. <laughs> hey, hey, I know he listens to this show, too. He, you know, I bet he, yeah, I bet he's been binge listening to this show since episode, uh, uh, you know, one or two. Uh, so, Will, if you're listening out there, it's okay, man. It's okay. I don't hate on you. I don't hate on you. I know you're a big Matt Pearl fan, but it's all good. Yeah, and then and, and as he should be, as I am of him, for sure. <laughs> John, let's let's bring this back to the orbit of uh, writing and local TV news, which is where you are such an authority and where you'll be speaking, uh, what you'll be speaking about at the NPPA Southeast Storytelling Workshop. And it's very exciting because, again, you're someone who has really developed his own style through the years. You specialize in feature reporting. And, and as someone who does the same, I know how difficult it can be to get those kinds of stories into the newscast. Many stations simply, you know, have no place for them. So talk about how you approach features. First of all, how you pitch them. And secondly, how you write in a way that elevates them. Because I think a lot of people would say, that certainly a poorly done feature or an, a pedestrian feature can be some of the worst uh, production in local TV news. Yeah, uh, I like to call them the F word because, you know, actually I tried to battle for a long time with the fact that, uh, hey, I'm not just a feature reporter. Uh, and I'm not just a feature reporter. I, I've embraced storytelling as a whole to be able to tell all kinds of different stories. But, uh, but if you want to call me a feature reporter, whatever you, you want to say, uh, I'll take that. Because, you know, to me, we're like, uh, okay, let me get geeked out one more time. We're, we're, we're the Jedi Knights of television news, okay? We have a, we know, we have a great skill set uh, that is, unfortunately, if not for the Southeast Storytelling Workshop and the NPPA, it is a dying uh, uh, skill or a declining skill, in my opinion, uh, in our business that we have to fight for and keep alive. Uh, and so, uh, so Matt, you are, uh, uh, you know, okay, I'll be, I'm, I'm older, so I'll be Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and you can be Luke Skywalker, uh, because uh, you have the hair for that. And, and, uh, so <laughs> anyway, I think that we're, you know, we, we are Jedi Knights, uh, wielding lightsabers 
as we uh, as we uh, you know tell great stories on a daily basis. And do you feel that writing in general is is struggling? You know, we obviously in such a culture of uh, you know just posting raw video up to social media and in a much more immediate environment. And as you know, great writing can often take a lot of time. Sometimes it can be done quickly, but a lot of times to get that really deep layered writing, it takes a while. Do you feel like that is something that's not getting taught or not getting emphasized enough? Well, I think that you have to look for uh, just just your you know your small victories to really just uh, to get yourself through the day, get yourself through the week, and and just stay relevant. Uh, and so even the social media uh, or, or the short little video snippets that you might post, uh, which which I do a lot, you know, I try to use elements of storytelling in all of that. Uh, and, and, and I think that uh, there's a place uh, for, quote, storytelling in all of that. So so I try to never, you know, um, uh, lose track of uh, the S word instead of the F word. Uh, uh, so <laughs> even if I'm like, you know, the other day I was out at this uh, kind of a big apartment fire situation, I still, even though I couldn't like turn a great package, I had all the moments happening around me. And I tried That's to great. like, okay, I can't do a package but you know what i see a guy on his knees crying because he thinks his dog is like dying in this fire right so so you know um th- those little things are happening uh, firefighters are like pulling out um uh, mementos from a person's apartment that that may seem inconsequential to, to other people but they're like you know uh, uh football photos of a guy's son uh, that just meant the world to him, you know, when, when they brought him out of the, uh, the rubble. So just, just those little opportunities to, to tell people uh, the human element in the story are important to me. That's, that's key. And I completely agree about that, that storytelling exists regardless of medium, uh, regardless of format. It, it is something that uh, fits into everything, it just as a very general concept. And that idea that we should try to emphasize that in our work, no matter the medium, I think is a really, really good one. This is the Telling the Story podcast. I'm Matt Pearl, and my guest is John Lee, five-time regional Edward R. Murrow Award-winning reporter for WLOS-TV in Asheville. He is one of the many tremendous talents speaking at this year's NPPA Southeast Storytelling Workshop. I recommend you register, and you can do that by checking out the link in the show notes for this podcast. John, uh, my co-host for the workshop is your co-worker, John Kirtley, the extremely talented photojournalist. He tells me it's your first time speaking, which shocks me. Uh, are you at least at a conference? We know you can speak uh, extemporaneously. Are you excited? I am excited, and you know the thing about it is, uh, and I actually got a chance to to speak at a uh, a corporate um, sort of regional training, uh, uh, actually a storytelling boot camp hosted by Stan Heiss, uh, and and so it was a great first opportunity for me. But the thing that uh, is, is exciting is that, like you know, uh, uh, once you get into a certain groove in your career. Uh, maybe you stop thinking about certain processes that you go through uh, or things that you do particularly well, perhaps, that, that could, could be helpful to other people. And so I think uh, ever since, uh, uh, you know, you guys told me that I was uh, going to have the honor of being uh, uh, in this workshop, I've, I've really had to step back and, and, and examine my own uh, work process, workflow, and understand uh, how I can sort of take what I do, my approach, and maybe help others. And so that's actually a continual process, and hopefully within uh, five or six weeks I'll have that narrowed down. But I think that it's kind of a uh, an interesting process, uh, maybe you'll agree, kind of like examining yourself 
and uh, trying to figure out how that might be useful to somebody else. Yeah, it almost makes me uncomfortable sometimes when because I I try not to get stuck in a certain formula or you know get get uh, stuck in a certain routine. And when I do prepare conferences, I start having to think about oh, so this is what I do and this is my formula, so to speak. And I do do these things a lot. And of course, it, it that's outweighed by the benefits of speaking. And I love being able to reach an audience and talk with folks. And I'm sure you're excited about that as well. I'm guessing, uh, as you said, the conference being more than a month away, I'm sure you don't have the entire presentation ironed out just yet. But from what you've been thinking about, what do you plan to focus on? And what do you hope our attendees take away from it? Uh, well, from what uh, my boss, John Curley, has uh, you know directed me towards, uh, mm -hmm. he really wants me to focus on, on writing to video and how basic and fundamental of a concept is that. But it is a very important uh, topic. And so, uh, you know, I think, you know, a key part of what is, uh, uh, you know, in my opinion, has made my stories hopefully just a little bit better than they might otherwise be is, is uh, uh, not only the fact that I write to video, I actually look at the video that has been shot. And, and I know uh, uh, I have the luxury of working with a photographer, you uh, as an MMJ, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you have a heck of a lot more work than I do, but, uh, but I, I think you'll agree that, that in that raw footage, uh, that is the gold mine that, that if you're ignoring that, you're really making a big mistake. I mean, there's times, uh, when, when, uh, with, and this is all with the luxury of time, of course, but if you have the luxury of time, uh, to just sit down and look at that video for even just five minutes longer than you normally could, uh, you're going to get a tre treasure trove of natural moments of things that you can uh, write to or maybe that might establish a theme in the story, which I think is something I'm really focusing on these days is uh, a theme to the story that like not only kind of like begins the story, but maybe you bring it back there at the end. And I think that sort of makes sense to a viewer and, and, and uh, makes it a, you know, a story that's relatable and, and really connects. What's an example? Just give me one recently, maybe in the last two or three weeks that you've done where you felt like you really hit it on that front. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Um, Matt, you're killing me because I can't really think of a great example uh, at, at this point. But I think I try to do it on a daily basis. You know, like, uh, let's say yesterday um, I did a story about, unfortunately, a, a grieving mother uh, really upset that, you know, um, the accused killer of her son is going to get a um, uh, looks like he's going to get a plea bargain, uh, deal and, and be out in 27 years, which she says is just simply not enough for the death of her son. And so just, just something simple, like, you know, I start off talking about how it's just been 199 agonizing days, uh, since the death of her son. And then I kind of weave that element of, you know, the second line is something to the effect of, you know, six months, uh, of, of, you know, just, uh, pain and anguish. And then I kind of weave that time element through the timeline of the story. And then, and then it basically ends with uh, probably could have been a little bit better crafted, in my opinion. But the, the, the closing is something uh, referring to the, the loss that seems to get more painful by the day, you know. And, and mm -hmm. um, so, it, so just weaving that time element through that story, uh, I guess, is an example of, of, um, uh, of a theme uh, I know I've done a lot better than that, but you know, the, the, the funny thing is, uh, you know, there was a time in my career when I could tell you exactly what every story was every day, 
uh, for like the last three weeks. And now uh, I think it's my like survival mechanism. I'm very proud of the stories I do on a daily basis, and I and I am pretty confident I do consistently uh, good work. Uh, but uh, I'm really bad at remembering. Uh, uh, and maybe I'm just going senile, Matt. Hmm. <laughs> I, hadn't, I have to talk to my therapist about that. But anyway, so uh, anyway, uh, so sometimes I just kind of like put stories uh, behind me and move on to the next day. And I think you have to be that way sometimes, whether it's a good day or a bad di- bad day. Sometimes you just gotta like carry on. Well, and I like the imperfect example, too. Like, I like that, you know, that you might not consider what you did yesterday to be a phenomenal example of crafting a theme. But I actually think it's from the outside. I think that's a really interesting uh, way of crafting a theme and certainly something where, like, again, even if you might have been able to do it just a little bit better with much more time, the fact that you were able to do what you did in a limited amount of time, I think, speaks to what a lot of specifically young journalists are going to be. Uh, trying to figure out as they move forward with their careers. Yeah, um, and and you know people like John Sharifi, Boyd Hooper, those are guys that like man, they're they're geniuses, and and that's you know um, I, I try not to be complacent at anything that I do, and so I'm still trying. I mean, we're still chasing those guys, man, and I'm glad they're out there, you know, and and uh, so honored to be uh, in the same profession as those guys uh, because uh, like they all have their own just unique skill set. I mean, Sharifi is just like a master with the timeline and the story structure. And, you know, I just look at this stuff and I'm like, man, I'm so pedestrian. You know, I need to like, I need to sh- just, just take whatever my timeline is going into a story and just throw it on the ground and just start over. <laughs> and, 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 uh, it seems like he can do that and he's just a master at it. And so, uh, uh, you can always get better and, and structure is one thing that, that he's taught me a lot. And of course, Boyd is Boyd. So he's just amazing. Yeah. Um, the other big thing about writing that, uh, you know, I'd want to touch on is that, of course, it is such a subjective thing, right? And some viewers might love a person's writing, other viewers might not. When you're writing a story, what are your goals for your audience? What do you want the audience to take away, specifically when it comes to how you've written a story? Well, um, I want them to, you know, uh, when I have a, a, I don't, I think early in my career, I was an overwriter. And maybe I still am, but I, I, I really think I reel that in as much as I can. I mean, um, I, I mean, I could, I, I'm, I'm really good at coming up with a turn of phrase or whatever. Uh, but you know what, if I hammer you over the head with that throughout a minute and a half, two minutes, three minutes, I mean, you know, it's just not going to have impact. So I've really tried to reel myself in on that. And so, uh, I think that, uh, you know, that's something uh, you know, just like, okay, let's go back to my play-by-play roots, okay? If you're, like, screaming after every single play, uh, by the end of the game, nobody's going to get excited when they're listening to your call. They're not going to think anything big happened at all because you've been screaming the whole time, touchdown, slam dunk, whatever it is. You're going nuts the whole game. They're not going to really get it, okay? I mean, you're going to be like Dick Vitale, okay? I love Dick Vitale. What am I saying? But anyway. <laughs> uh, but seriously, I mean, you've got to, like, uh, uh, pace yourself, pace the viewer to accept when, you know, you have something really poignant to say that it's going to come across. And so that's the key thing right there. This is the Telling the Story podcast. I am Matt Pearl. He is John Lee, a great reporter over at WLOS-TV in Asheville. He'll be speaking about writing at this year's NPPA Southeast Storytelling Workshop. Tickets are available on the event page, and you can find that link in the show notes for this podcast. John, 
I like to use this last section to talk about advice for younger journalists. And we've, we've gotten into that a little bit in terms of what you'll be mentioning at the workshop. But I think specifically for reporters starting out or maybe on their first or second job, writing can be such an elusive skill. I think even those of us, as you've said, even those of us who have had some success never really feel 100% confident in what we're doing, whether it's writing or our storytelling skill in general. For myself as an MMJ, I'm always questioning various shooting and editing choices I've made. So when you get these young reporters, many of whom writing is the thing they want to do, it's the thing that they love probably more than any other aspect of the job, what do you tell them about finding a roadmap and trying to get a grasp on this unique concept? Well, you know, um, obviously it depends on the story, but but to me the proudest moments are when uh, I do, uh, you know, a profile or a feature and somebody basically in essence says, wow, you really got me. Like somehow I convey whatever makes them either special, uh, unique, or conveys the emotion of what they're trying to tell me. Uh, if, if, I can, if I can successfully drive home to them uh, that I get them and that I connected, uh, that's a huge, huge thing for me. And, and, and if they think I got them, then the viewer should be fine, you know. And, and so uh, that, that's one thing that I'm striving for. And I think that within uh, just about any story, obviously, you're going to try to find uh, the, the human element, the, the main character or characters, if you will, and I think that uh, if you master the art of, of getting the essence of someone and telling their story, that puzzle, that piece of the puzzle, fits into a huge number of uh, different stories, and, and it makes you better overall. So, so that's the main thing when it comes to writing is, you know, you have to, to be able to, to, you know, not only choose the words, choose the moments, choose the video, put it all together, and... and get people connect with humans <laughs> oh you were doing that was so great <laughs> i love that that was so so good i think you know what's really unique about you is that you're a traditional reporter in an era where the trend is certainly heading away from that you mentioned it you work with a photographer usually someone like john Kirtley. i uh do it all on my own and most young journalists these days are one man or one woman bands what advice can you give to those who do it all and, and juggle those many responsibilities and all the time management? How can they find time to focus on writing? And in that limited, limited time that they have, what are the things they should really stress most? Oh, man. So obviously, uh, I mean, you, you could say this a lot better than I could, but time management, right? That is a huge, huge hurdle uh, that you're dealing with on a daily basis. So, so the more time that you can allot yourself to, uh, you know, let's go back to looking at your video uh, and just sit down uh, and, 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 and structure your story, the better off you're going to be. Now, uh, do you have to do that all in one sitting? Uh, uh, Matt, maybe you can tell folks how you do it, but I, I would say that throughout the course of your day, uh, you've got a structure uh, sort of playing out in your head, and you've got to figure out how that, you know, and that's probably ever evolving throughout the course of the day, depending on what elements you collect. And so from there, uh, I think as long as you're thinking about uh, your story and structuring it in your head throughout the day, uh, then, then you'll figure things out uh, much more quickly and have a much more effective story.
I think that's absolutely true. And I also think, you know, you, you've mentioned several times the importance of logging raw video. And I think that's an area where being a one-man band, I actually have an advantage because I know what that video is right when I shoot it. So it is something when, before you get to the logging part, maybe when you're driving uh, on the way back from your shoot, you kind of can already start mentally logging what you have and trying to figure out how they can be pieced together into a story. And, I, you know, it is very interesting because I am so used to shooting and editing my own stuff that I always find it strange the other way. That, you know, someone like yourself who can craft such a beautiful script then must relinquish that to someone else to put together and, and hope that the video matches what you want it to. Talk about that interplay and, and what you do to try to make sure that you and your photographer are both on the same page. Well, I think that, uh, you know, if you're lucky enough to work with a photographer, uh, uh, you have to prove, uh, you have to be uh, vital. And actually, it works both ways. You have to set the bar. Uh, and, 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 you know, when you start the day, like if photographers are excited to work with you or if a reporter is excited to work with a particular photographer, uh, uh, the bar is already, you know, up high, right? So, so I think if you're one of those people that people want to work with, uh, the game is going to be lifted, you know, for everyone involved. So I think that you, uh, uh, you know, whenever you set your set the tone as a good storyteller in your shop, uh, everything else uh, will hopefully follow. And I think a lot of times I don't really necessarily, you know, have a huge chat about. Uh, story structure or anything, unless unless there's something specific that I'm trying to to go after. I mean, I think that uh, a lot of times, hey, you know, they trust you. You're going to write a good script. I trust you to get good visuals and get uh, uh, the shots that you need. And and I think that there's that trust factor that is really important. So then, by the end of the day, uh, you're you're writing a script that puts them in a good good. Uh, excuse me. You're putting them in in a, a good position to sort of win for that day, and uh, they're going to do the same for you. So I think trust is huge. Uh, obviously, uh, communication is big too. But I think uh, you know ultimately you have to be, you know, the player that everybody wants on their on your team. And so from there, everything else will follow. Hmm. John, uh, we've met a bunch of times, and you always seem like a pretty optimistic person. Are you optimistic about the industry right now? And for those entering it. What what are your words of advice for them? Well, I think that uh, I'm I'm optimistic uh, always, but I realize that this business is changing so uh, rapidly. Um, and and you know, for example, right now, uh, you know, a thing that I'm concerned about is is that uh, you know a lot of our features that we love uh, don't seem to be getting as many clicks as as you know just your standard fires and. And, uh, you know, just typical news of the day. Uh, how do we make those stories, you know, uh, stand out enough to where people are going to want to click the video, not just look at the headline, but click the video and experience the storytelling uh, love that we, and passion that we put into these stories. And so I fear that uh, at times, um, uh, you know, that, that we're in danger of people not wanting to click that video. Uh, and, and of course the key there is, is establishing a standard of quality. We have to, to, you know, uh, make the viewer trust us. I talked about trust among, uh, you know, the, the, the staff, the viewer has to trust if they see your name, if they see your station, that it's worth clicking that video. So to me, that that's, 
like a big thing that I'm I'm uh, uh, caught up in right now. I gotta, you know, make sure that those great stories are being seen and that people aren't just like glancing by the uh, the headline and just clicking on uh, just just uh, you know other news of the day, uh, the top news of the day. I want them to to understand why. Uh, those stories that we do that connect with humanity are important as well. And so anyway, for the young journalists, uh, I would say, uh, you know, don't don't get, you know, worn down uh, on the minutia of the day. You know what I mean? Come up with a uh, there's always a small victory, ideally. I mean, some days, let's face it, guys, let's some days suck. All right. But <laughs> ideally, there is some small victory that you come up with over the course of the day. Let's say you have a terrible non-visual story. Maybe you did a just an amazing stand-up. Maybe you just wrote, wrote one line that you're proud of, okay? Focus on the positive that you were able to uh, to get out of the day and, and focus on the people that you serve. You know, uh, you know, again, going back to, you know, making sure that uh, the people you do stories with or about uh, in, in cases where it's more of a, uh, you know, a, a personality profile woven within a story, uh, make sure that, that you gain the trust of those people uh, uh, when necessary. And, and again, focus on the positive. Don't let just don't sweat the small stuff, man, because that'll just, you know, that'll just kill you. Uh, so learn to forget. Remember and be proud for a moment, but then learn to forget it and move on to the next day. And be sure to remember everything you've heard in the last half hour because it has been excellent stuff from Mr. John Lee, right? Episode 39? Oh, oh God, I'm so glad you got that right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Episode 39? I mean, oh, that that's that's amazing, man. And uh, uh, congratulations on that. And, uh, uh, and congratulations on bringing the, the storytelling workshop to the Southeast. And uh, it's going to be a great event. And I uh, hope to hope to you know inspire a lot of people uh, out there and uh, as storytelling jedi we have to awaken the force am i right beautiful just beautiful john i always like to end with that don't shake your head i always like to end with that <laughs> famous reporter's question is there anything we haven't touched on that you wanted to add uh well no great no, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I did a story, and I don't have the visual to show you. I did a story with a uh, comic, uh, or actually a graphic novelist who's a teacher, right? And in his uh, class with students, he always, like, does worksheets, and he's drawing cool art or whatever uh, to get his students engaged in learning. Uh, and so I'm looking through his book, and he's got a piece that he did for fifth graders. It is how to tell a great story. He's got like a cartoonish drawing of a hamburger in there with all these layers of uh, great stuff, you know, the body, the meat of the, the meat of the story, the bun uh, being your introduction and your tag, maybe all that stuff. Anyway, folks, uh, just remember the hamburger. Okay. Every great story has great layers to it, but the secret sauce, if you will, Matt Pearl is your writing and storytelling Hang on to the secret sauce that is your writing and don't lose track that that is uh, what makes your story better than the other stations, your secret sauce. Well, again, remember, uh, for those of you listening at home, it's been a very eventful podcast episode. And I hope that you remember the three words that this award-winning esteemed writer would want you to remember. 
Those are Remember the Hamburger. John Lee, thank you so much for joining me on the Telling the Story podcast. Take care. And the Telling the Story blog updates every Monday and Wednesday. The website is tellingthestoryblog.com. Rate and review this podcast on iTunes. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Telling the Story podcast. We'll see you next time.